1: Six at time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Thursday, and I swear I can see the weekend from here. Uh, just so you know, weather-wise, you might as well get your next couple of days out of the way here because it's going to be really nice out. Then, as you just heard with your local weather report, then... We switch over to the weekend where things slowly start to deteriorate. Not completely horrible, but there's just that little touch of a, a winter field of things as wind and cold weather comes in. But still, though, weekend for those who do enjoy your weekend because you have it off right around the corner. All right. Now, normally this time of morning, I fire off a trigger warning just just to be careful, just a disclaimer. In chatting with Mary yesterday, Miss Mary, uh, we decided that there needs to be an update to our regular disclaimer because I'm always afraid of offending all of the different Daves out there. We get a lot of calls from guys named Dave. And, of course, our disclaimer has, you know, this one loudmouth jerk from San Francisco named Dave. So I just wanted all the Daves out there to understand we're not picking on old Daves everywhere. So we've updated the disclaimer.
2: Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk, like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate.
1: This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave.
2: Just one particular Dave
1: from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Okay, there's the update, just so the other days feel better about that. Hey, happy International Pronouns Day. I don't know. I just, it, it's apparently that's what that's supposed to be today, is International Pronouns Day. You know, people who like to, instead of being called uh, him or her... Or whatever, they come up with all of the... I don't know X-E, X-E-M. Now, a lot of times when you... The letter X is pronounced Z, which always confuse me because shouldn't Z be pronounced Z and X be pronounced X? Okay, I never did understand that. And then day, de, D-E-Y, D-E-M. I have no idea. Or then he, him, they, them. What is fa F A E slash F A E R, I don't know, but anyway, this is what you're supposed to be calling people by their preferred pronouns, and today is International Preferred Pronoun Day. Okay, well, yeah, you know, I'm not sure exactly how you celebrate that, but for those of you who want to go off and celebrate it, you have a good time. Get back with me on how you're supposed to do that. I'm not sure what you do. Is you a preferred pronoun? I don't know. I'm so confused by this whole thing because there's so many of those. I ought to look that up here. How many preferred pronouns are there? Last time I did, it was a lot, like well over 100. So I don't know how we're supposed to be keeping track of all of that. All right. Now, the first story I wanted to get to you today is about a teacher. You're going to hear some audio from a teacher. There is a TikTok page, Libs of TikTok. And on his TikTok page, there are, on occasion, some teachers. Oh, I don't. TikTok is so popular. I don't know why they don't think they're going to get in trouble for this. They act like they're telling secrets to other people, and that it's not going to get them in any kind of trouble. But instead, they're actually out there announcing to the general public things that they're doing. This is a teacher that you're about to hear who is so proud that she's indoctrinating her kids in class. Now, so you know where I stand on this, I don't like any indoctrination in public schools of any kind, from the left, from the right, or anybody else. To the teachers out there, teach your subject. You teach history, teach it. What is your curriculum that you were handed by the school board to teach? That's what you're there for. I've played for you some audio that there's teachers who students come into their classroom from a very conservative family, and the teacher's horrified that the kid expresses conservative points of view. And so they try to indoctrinate the kid into more of a liberal point of view. And they think they're being funny and clever. But again, I don't care what point of view a person is, left, right, anything else. I don't care. Teachers teach your subject. You're not there to indoctrinate kids in any point of view, religious, atheist, whatever, That's not what you're there for, which is why one of the reasons I point to that I like the idea of school vouchers. So if you find out that that's what's happening in your school, you can just send your kid to some other school and just get away from it. That's one of the reasons I like the school voucher program. Okay, so on TikTok, on the page libs of TikTok, here's a teacher who is bragging about what she does.
3: So my class decided to stand but not say the words. Totally fine. Pledge of Except for the fact that my room does not have a flag. It used to be there, but I took it down during COVID because it made me uncomfortable. The school district says that's Kristen Pitson who identifies herself as an 11th grade teacher at Back Bay High School here in Costa Mesa. She starts that TikTok video by saying that during the Pledge of Allegiance, she gives students the option to stand and say the words. She goes on to share that her class does not have an American flag and that she took it down during the pandemic because it made her uncomfortable. In this video, Pitson says a student asked why there was no flag recently. She says she tells the student she would try to find it but then admits she's lying. Parents in the area say they are shocked by what the teacher says next. In the meantime, I tell this kid, We do have a flag in the class that you can pledge your allegiance to. And he like looks around and he goes, Oh, that one?
1: And of course it's a rainbow flag that you can pledge allegiance to. And again, you see how she thinks she's being really funny and clever there. Now for me it's not even it's not a matter of whether you agree with her point of view on these issues or not. That's not it. So she's in a school in America, but the American flag makes her feel uncomfortable. And she's going to trick the kid into pledging allegiance to the rainbow flag over there. Okay, And this is like uh, several other teachers I've played audio for you over the years where teachers seem to be taking the opportunity to try to indoctrinate kids in whatever their personal beliefs are rather than teaching the subject matter, which is part of the problem that I see as parents have really begun. I'm so glad to see it. Parents have actually begun to pay attention to what is being done in the classroom. And I think the wake-up call for a lot of parents was during COVID because kids were learning from home remotely and parents were finally able to see oh, this is what happens in the classroom? Hold on. And so that's why there's been a pushback against this. So just another example of a teacher who does not seem to understand. I played you you audio about a year ago. Teacher in Florida, when uh, the Florida governor DeSantis said, we're not doing this anymore. Teachers are going to teach their subject. And he banned teaching stuff like this in the classroom, and this teacher gets on uh, with her own video, and she's just mad as hell because she really believes that she has a calling to indoctrinate kids in her point of view, rather than teaching the subject that she was hired to teach. Hey, morning, John. Since today's International Pronoun Day, John says, my pronouns are you, y'all, all all (laughs) y'alls. John's from the South. Milo from Fort Danger. Uh do you prefer to be called Glen or a noun instead of a pro- Oh no, not not with one N, no. Um you see my name he he's going by preferred pronouns, one N or two is basically what he's asking. The reason I say to people to add the second N my name is G L E N N is because my name is not Glenn, it's Glenn. You see the difference here? It's subtle. Six fifteen. Wake up Wyoming.
0: Wyoming with Glenn Woods, on air, online, and on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Be part of the show at 888-97-Woods. This is K2 Radio.
1: 621 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, 888-97-Woods, the phone number. Now we're getting into it. And they're talking with my sister about the today's International Preferred Pronoun Days. Now, I had to look up how many. There's a lot of disagreement on that, but uh, according to uh, my sister, did. well, John from July, who originally from the South, his are all uh, y'all, all y'all, you know, think that's his preferred pronouns. And my sister said in the South it's just ma'am or sir, no other pronoun. So I asked her, is dude a pronoun? She thinks that's possibly just New Jersey okay, um, so Jimmy casper, I'm calling you n n a double n not n uh, okay, yeah, so I decided to look this up now again, there's a lot of disagreement on what the preferred pronouns are supposed to be, what people want you to call, yeah, and it gets ridiculous. This is a lot like when I say l g b t q alphabet soup because that point of view, they started with l g b t q And then they realized they're leaving people out. So they started adding other letters of the alphabet. Eventually, they ran out of alphabet. So they started using words and adding that on. Then eventually, they started using phrases and adding that on. And it got so ridiculously long, nobody is going to do this. Nobody's going to say that mouthful. So that's why I've always said instead, why don't you folks just go ahead and come up with an acronym that we can all agree on rather than the mouthful of letters, words, and phrases. It doesn't make any sense. So here's one site. Now, again, there's some other sites I came across, some other stories that say they're more than this. What are the gender pronouns? Now, remember, among human beings, there's only two possibilities. You're a male or a female, and that's decided at conception. That's what a gender is. Now, your sexuality skies the limit. But as far as your gender, human beings only have two options. And they don't get to pick it. It was decided at conception. That's it. We're done. But let's take a look at... This is where they get confused between what gender is and what sexuality is. Sexuality is a whole different thing. All right. So here's what they suggest on the list of 78 different ones. I guess it's Fay and Fayer. F-A-E and F-A-E-R and F A A R S. Okay. And then there's E or A, which is E-Y, M-E-I-R, uh, and er, er and er-self instead of her. And then he, him, his, him, himself. Per, P-E-R. Uh, she, them, their, theirs. v v e B-E, v e V-E-R, V-I-S. I'm not sure how to pronounce all those. Here again, X-E, is that supposed to be Z or z? Because oftentimes people pronounce X like Z, and I always thought, well, we already have the letter Z for Z, so shouldn't X be pronounced X? Always confused me on that one. And then there's Z and Xi and Zire and Her, H-I-R, and the list continues on here because, again, they claim that there's like 78 of them. And then there's combinations of these two besides that. Oh, there's Neo. And then and N-I-R, ne and NEM, Z, and on and on this goes. So that that's a site that says there's like 78 different ones. Then here's another one that says there's over 100. Oh, boy, this list just goes on and on. So, again, what are we supposed to do with all of this? And the answer is I am not going to – they even have definitions for all of these. In which case, I'm just gonna look at it and say, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna get into all of the definitions either. I'm just not doing this. You've made this way too long and way too confusing. And so I am not going to participate in this, not happening, sorry. And if people get offended by that, well, then you shouldn't have made it so long and complicated. You should make it really simple, but even then, I'm not gonna necessarily agree or call you by that as either. You know, I don't have to participate. Now, for those people who want to participate, remember, I'm more of the libertarian thinker. For those people out there who want to participate in this, you go right ahead. It is certainly your life, and if you're a free person in a free country, you get to do what you want. So if you decide to invent some pronoun and call yourself that, then you go right ahead and do that. That doesn't mean, and this is the important part, just because you decided to call yourself that does not mean that other people have to participate. You have the right to call yourself whatever you want to call yourself, but you do not have the right to force other people to play along with that. There is a big difference there, and the idea that you can get in trouble because you, you know, somebody else can get in trouble because they didn't play along. Okay, we got to get rid of that real fast. In a free country, you're going to find people who disagree and will refuse to play along with the way you think things ought to be. Now, if you're going to act all offended, remember now, there's people who don't think like you think, but they would like you to. Would you like them to force you? I'm sorry, they... I don't know which pronoun to use there. Would you like them to force you to think the way they think? I bet you wouldn't. Okay, so the way we do this is, again, whatever someone wants to call themselves, that's their business, and I will not get in their business, okay? I'm just not going to bother to play along either, and nor am I going to be forced to play along. And, in fact, if you want to talk about offended, because people who say that, I'm offended you didn't call me by my preferred pronoun. Well, I'm offended that you're trying to force me to. How about that for being offended? To me, the ultimate offense is not that I didn't call you by what you prefer to be called. The ultimate offense in a free country, the country that leads the way on liberty and freedom, is that you are trying to force me against my will to do something that I don't want to do. Now, see, to me, that's offensive. And that is a complete lack of respect. So I tell you what, I will show you respect by letting you do whatever you want to do, and I'm not going to say a word about it. You show me respect by don't even try, don't even try to force me to participate in your lifestyle. Don't even try. Okay, that's how you show me respect by letting me do my own thing. How about them apples? Them apples or their apples? Or Z apples? Is it Z apples? I'm confused. I can't keep track of what this list is supposed to mean. Coming up on some local news update on your weather forecast. Right after that, then you and I get back into it again. Let's wake up, Wyoming.
0: Up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888 97 Woods.
1: 636 this is the time it's Wake Up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I do have, besides some important news, which I'll get to at some point, um, the story that I'm going to follow up from yesterday how a polluted air is making you fat so if you're overweight it's because of air pollution according to an actual university study i'm not sure if that's supposed to mean that there's calories floating around the air or something like that i have no idea so there's that one that we have to get into a little bit later on this morning and also when you are giving candy to kids on halloween they judge you based on that And I wrote up this morning how they judge you because, you know, I was with a group of kids that, of course, did that based on what kind of candy was handed out. Then there's real news stories. But first, because of the response I'm getting here, I think I have a solution to our little problem. Today is supposed to be International Pronoun Day. And there can be well over 100 preferred pronouns that people want to be called. And it's just such a big list, and most of it makes no sense whatsoever. I don't want to participate. So I like John from Gillette, but he's originally from Alabama, who says his preferred pronouns are y'all and all y'all. Okay, now, for men, how about this? You can call me buddy or guy or dude. That's a good one. Okay, there's one of several that you can call guys. Now, for women, now, some of these women don't like uh, babe chick dame doll yeah some women don't like some of those but if you women have some kind of preferred pronoun that you want to go just call me babe i know no woman's going to actually say that but you know guys like to be called dude though you can go ahead and do that
4: i'm the dude So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, That or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing.
1: Yeah, so that, okay, you can do that. That's one of my favorite movies of all time, by the way, The Big Lebowski. Yeah, he was the dude, but I like that. You can call me Duderino if you want, if you call the show today on International Pronoun Day. If you want to call the program and just call me dude... I am up for that. That's perfectly fine by me. And we can come up with all sorts of other preferred pronouns that these guys hadn't thought of because most of theirs have just a few letters that don't make any sense. A-Y, I don't know what that's supposed to be. X-E-N, I have no idea what that's supposed to be either. Uh, Z-A-E, I don't know what that's supposed to be or even how to pronounce some of these here. But I figure if that's what they wanna do, then okay. Uh, if you're into this and you want to get into International Pronoun Day and celebrate it, then when you call the – for those of you who are planning on calling the program at some point today, just refer to me as the dude or Dunarino or something to – his dudeness, You know, your dudeness, something like that would be just fine. And there, now we're playing along with the whole thing. That way you are not considered uh, insensitive in any way.
2: Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate.
1: This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave.
2: Just one in particular Dave
1: from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Okay, so yeah, yeah that disclaimer even shows that no matter what I do, it's going to be offensive to somebody, right? Yeah, okay. And one of the things I often like to point out as a, a talk show host, th- there are some people, and I actually I get this a lot, who like to tell me what I'm doing wrong on this program and how I'm supposed to be doing a talk show. And there are people who do write and talk to me, and very, very interesting how they talk to me about this, but how what I'm saying is very offensive and they try to correct me on all of these things. And I love to point out to them, first off, it's my show, not theirs, so I get to do what I want. But the other part of that is I would challenge any of them I will sit back for a week. I'll take the time off and let them do the show for a week. Just go ahead. And you do the show the way you think it should be done. And I guarantee you, no matter how right you are, there are people out there who are going to be offended by what you say. No matter how right you think you are about everything, there are people out there who are going to be offended by what you say. Chet and Yoder. Uh, oh, I have to go back and read the rest of that note of the. Um, yeah, okay, Greg and Cheyenne. Morning, Greg. Uh, okay, then um, Mike from Leeds, South Dakota. Just use WTF. <laughs> Rianne from Fort Danger. Z is the letter Z in the French language, make, which makes it even more cringy. See, I was asking uh, just a little while ago, I was asking what how ZE is supposed to be, I'm sorry, XE is supposed to be, Zay. But why do you pronounce the letter Z when it's X? Shouldn't it be X, E? I, I don't understand why we pronounce the letter Z that way. Or the letter, I'm sorry, the letter X that way. I'm confusing myself at this point. 642, wake up Wyoming. Three
5: more
0: days.
1: Glenn Woods on K2 Radio.
0: Join the conversation at 888-97-Woods.
1: forty-eight. the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. So, Frank, I was just starting to look at a list here of uh, problems that we think we have as adults. Do you get mad when they rearrange the grocery store on you? I, uh...
4: As a bachelor dude, I get lost in the grocery store no matter what. Okay. So, you know, they can put it any way they want. I'm still going to get lost.
1: Okay. Because I get used to going into certain stores, and I I walk into the store, I make that left-hand turn, right-hand turn, right here, and I reach for, it's not there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're just trying to screw me up, aren't you? Well,
4: they, you know, just they they're looking for the best to
1: uh, right. Okay. You
4: know, you know, the, the ways
1: to attract your attention. Sure. it's, I, it's a study. You yeah, know, rearranging everything out of that would be like you know what I want to do to the store manager who does that every so often is I want him to come home to his uh, nice lovely house at the end of the day and find that everything in the house has be re- re- rearranged.
4: Yeah. It is <laughs> yeah. like your house is now at the end of the block.
1: Yeah. It's right. Yeah. And and when he goes in to open up the drawer to for silverware. That's not the silverware drawer anymore. Silverware is somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Glasses up in the cabinet up there, not in that cabinet anymore. No, no, they're over, I there, put yeah. it over here. Yeah. And wait till you see what I've done to your refrigerator, pal, huh? Then you go to get dressed, right? And all your drawers are rearranged. Ooh. So your underwear drawer is now now it's your t-shirt drawer Mm -hmm. okay how about that you want me to screw with you that way pal You're you're gonna be late for work yeah so i would think that for the people who like to rearrange our walmarts our dollar stores and all the other stores that we go to every so often they rearrange everything i'm just gonna sneak over to your house while you're at work and rearrange your entire life and see how you like it how frustrated you get okay how about that I think you'll figure it out in about a half an hour. I think the real problem here, Frank, is I've had way too much coffee, and I'm complaining about things like this, rather than just letting you give everybody sports.
4: All right, and there you go. College basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys were picked to finish second in the preseason Mountain West Conference poll. The folks received 204 points in the voting, with San Diego State first at 216. UW made the NCAA tournament last season, losing to Indiana in the first four, but returned the bulk of that team this season. Cowboy player Graham Ike was named the Mountain West preseason, Season Player of the Year and was an average nineteen points a game last season. He and Hunter Maldonado made the All Mountain West Conference preseason team, and Maldonado averaged eighteen points a game. Should be a very interesting year for UW hoops. College football: The Wyoming Cowboys will be at home on Saturday night to take on Utah State. Both teams are 2-1 in Mountain West play, and both teams are coming off wins their last time out. Both teams have beaten the Air Force, and both teams have lost to BYU. Folks are 4.5 point favorites in the game. That's a 7.45 start on Saturday night at War Memorial Stadium in Laramie. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. High school football at the 4A level. It's the last week of the regular season. Sheridan is the number one tee going into the playoffs. They will host Campbell County, who will be the number six seed no matter what. Cheyenne East is the number two seed, and they're going to host Kelly Walsh. Now, K W will be big underdogs in that game. They could get in as the 8th seed with a win and a Cheyenne South win over Laramie, plus some tie-breaking scenarios, but if Laramie beats Cheyenne South, they will be the 8th seed in 4A with Rock Springs the 7th seed. Cheyenne Central will play Rock Springs uh, this week. The Indians can be the 3rd seed, the 4th seed, or the 5th seed, based on this weekend's results. The Toronto will host Thunder Basin tomorrow night, and the same deal applies to both of those teams, the 3rd, the 4th, or the 5th, depending on what happens, but the Toronto controls their own destiny for a 3rd seed with a win to Tomorrow night. And the NFL, Cincinnati Bengals linebacker and Casper Native and former UW guy Logan Wilson is listed as day-to-day for this week's game against Atlanta. Wilson injured his surgically repaired shoulder in last week's game versus New Orleans. He has not been ruled off for this game, but other media reports indicated he could miss two to five weeks. He played sixty snaps last week before leaving the game in the fourth quarter with that shoulder injury. And in Major League Baseball, San Diego even the National League Championship Series at a game apiece with an eight-five win over Philadelphia with five runs in the fifth. Inning. Game three will be in Philadelphia tomorrow night. Houston was the winner in game one of the American League Championship Series with a 4 2 win over the New York Yankees. Houston pitcher Justin Verlander struck out 11 in that game. Glenn, I was checking out the internet. Here's Jackson, Wyoming.
1: Yeah.
4: Youth soccer fields. Okay. Plural. Yeah. And, you know, this is for like, you know, five year olds, six year olds, seven year olds. Sure. Okay. And they're playing around, and all of a sudden, right through that gate, comes a gigantic moose. Okay. So, Here's the moms. Right. You know, they're grabbing their chairs and they're picking up their kids and they're trying to get away. Yeah. The dads are going right at the moose. Okay. Trying to usher him up. Matter of fact, one guy on a fat tire bike Ah. is, is, you know, the moose is going over that way and 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 this guy on the bike is right behind him. Uh, Say you yeah. go through that gate, just just so,
1: just go. Who won, who won that one? Uh, the moose left, and then the soccer resumed. Uh, okay, good. That was it. By the way, I thought you had actually. I thought you had said Cincinnati Bagels for a moment. No, it's not. In the which bagels. case, I would it's hope the bangles, they yeah. would play the Chicago cream cheese. Yeah, and that would be a game that I would watch. Oh, uh, j- j-
4: just for the breakfast.
1: Yeah. The, j- oh yeah. All right. Thank you, Frank. Mm-hmm. Coming up on some local business. That we have to take care of. We're going to wall into news time after that. National local update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. Wake up, Wyoming.
3: October.
1: Six of times. wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, AAA 97 Woods, the phone number. That's 8897 97 WOODS. 720 this morning. Miss Mary has booked Kirk Couchman, Senior Fellow of Fiscal Policy, Americans for Prosperity. What he wants to talk about is the president seems to be in some sort of denial about the economy. I, it. From saying we have zero inflation at one point to not talking about recession problems coming our way, other things like that. So he wants to talk to us about that. That'll be in just a few minutes from now. Oh, by the way, as I explained last hour in the program, today is International Preferred Pronoun Day. So if you will refer to me, should you call the show or send me a text by hitting chat on the app, I am dude or his dudeness, if you would. That's my preferred pronoun on International Preferred Pronoun Days. Anyone need a job? No, not here for me. I don't have anything for you. United Kingdom Prime Minister just resigned. I'm watching on television right now. She just resigned. She's been here like two months. So she. I can't do that. I'm not a quitter, she said yesterday. And then she said, I can't deliver on any of the promises we made since she quit. All right, so if you need a job, I don't know if you have to be from the U.K. to be the prime minister, but they seem to be going through them like crazy, so maybe you can go ahead and get in line and be prime minister for about a week or so. Find out what it's like to stay at Number 10 Downing Street. All right, so from Cap City News, interesting story, Cheyenne, Wyoming. South High School Principal Phil Thompson has released a letter regarding parents' concerns responding uh, to the school's sociology course and curriculum. So says this comes after a recent Board of Trustees meeting Monday, October 17th, during which a parent came forward and spoke about the psychology class that her child was in. During the class, students were asked specific questions regarding sex and gender, followed by watching a documentary called Growing Up Trans. Now, this, again, has a lot to do with, is this what you sent your kid to school for? Is this an appropriate topic for school? That's what the parents are asking. Quote, even on the Parent Portal site, there is no summary of the information on the material taught. Now, that's something that was offered as a piece of legislation in Wyoming, that you as a parent could take a look at what course material was being taught to your kid. And people right away ask, well, what if a teacher sneaks something in that's not listed there? Very good, legitimate question. But this is something when I I what I just told you there about the documentary and the questions being asked. If a parent were to look up on N School's website right now, what are they teaching my kids? None of that would be mentioned, yet it was brought into the classroom, right? This even goes as far as I'm concerned back to when Al Gore's fake documentary, Inconvenient Truth, was being shown in classrooms. And kids were being taught the whole narrative of the cult of climate change. But at no time did teachers bring in any other documentaries, and there were many that were put out, that debunked what Al Gore was saying. They only brought in the one from one point of view. So the story says, even from the portal site, there's no summary or information on the material taught. This classroom was acting without parental notification or the opportunity for students to discuss or bring up possible concerns. And I just wonder, I'm just tossing this out there, what would you think as a parent? Should they, at the very least, ask for a permission slip for something like this? Or just not bring it up at all? I don't know. This is what I'm asking you. principal said her child said they did not want to participate in the class, and if they didn't want to, they were told to leave. Quote, Because of the conversation and discussion taking place throughout our community, we would like to clarify some information, Thompson said, noting that the sociology curriculum and materials were adopted through a policy process in 2016, being posted for a 45-day review and aligned with state standards. Thompson stated that the class is offered as an elective, so you know it's an elective, which means it's by choice, And that the course description includes what's included in the registration process. Parents may access the curriculum and instruction online, and there's a link in the story that I'm reading for that. District sends out links to parents so they know what's being taught. But again, this was not included in that, which I think is part of the concern. Quote, it is important, this is from the principal, for our community to know that all of our schools and throughout the district we want all of our students to feel a sense of belonging. Specifically at South High, there is a commitment from staff and students to ensure an open and inclusive environment for all students. Well, okay, that's fine. But then I just but my only real concern is here and I'd like to know a little bit more about it. If you went to the curriculum page on the site this topic is not listed here. Okay. Oversight or is someone doing that intentionally? And the reason, and I'll play this again from what I played earlier this morning. So here is a teacher on TikTok bragging. So
3: my class decided to stand but not say the words.
1: Pledge of totally fine.
3: Except for the fact that my room does not have a flag. It used to be there. But I took it down during covid because it made me uncomfortable. The school district says that's Kristen Pitson, who identifies herself as an 11th grade teacher at Back Bay High School here in Costa Mesa. She starts that TikTok video by saying that during the Pledge of Allegiance, she gives students the option to stand and say the words. She goes on to share that her class does not have an American flag and that she took it down during the pandemic because it made her uncomfortable. In this video, Pitson says a student asked why there was no flag recently. She says she tells the student she would try to find it but then admits she's lying. Parents in the area say they are shocked by what the teacher says next. In the meantime, I tell this kid, we do have a flag in the class that you can pledge your allegiance to. And he like looks around and he goes, oh, that one?
1: And it's a pride flag that's hanging there. So, and she thinks it's very funny. So I tell this kid, this is the kind of thing that parents are concerned about. What parents want is they send their kids to school And the kids learn a curriculum of reading and math and, you know, things like that. And not go through things like this that are considered to be some kind of indoctrination in somebody else's point of view. And just so you know, me being more of the libertarian guy, I don't want to see conservative indoctrination any more than I want to see liberal indoctrination. Teach the subject. That's public schools, as far as I'm concerned, should be very generic in their teaching and leave topics like this to the parents at home. Now, that's also why I'm in favor of school vouchers. If you want to send your kid to a very conservative school or a very liberal school, you can take your school voucher and go do that. And you can learn whatever the parents approve of in that kind of school. But we're not doing that. We're in a public school setting, In which case, I would say that the teaching should be generic because so many people from so many different points of view are coming in. Just teach them basically generic. Here's math. Here's reading. Here's writing. And stick to that in the public school setting, which is part of the reason why so many parents are not just getting upset and going to school board meetings, but pulling their kids out of public schools and taking them to alternative schools so they don't have to put up with, well, teachers like the one I just played for you. 7.15, Wake Up Wyoming.
0: To save Wyoming from boring morning radio, that man is Glenn Woods. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio.
1: 7.20 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me got to guess Miss Mary's sending through to us in just a moment from now according to grandpa rich well professor my pronoun oh i got to read what it. no it today's international preferred pronoun day so again mine is dude or something to that effect would be just fine. Our guest from a senior fellow at Physical Policy, Americans for Prosperity, is Kurt Couchman. Uh, Kurt, just a quick question about your family history. If somebody is named, for example, Carpenter, their family was a carpenter. Or Fisher, they're probably a fisherman. Your family name is Couchman. Can we say that your family is a has a history of couch potatoism?
6: It's possible. um, We we think it's actually from Coachman, meaning making coaches back in jolly old England.
1: Because it says Couchman here. So I'm just thinking, okay, well, you know, you have a long line of sitting in front. Well, before the television was invented, I'm not sure what they did, but hey, that's fine. So you're here to talk about something that we've all been concerned about for a while. The president has a lot of issues mentally, but one of them is denialism. And it seems that he doesn't. Under, well, did you know that inflation is at zero right about now? Have you heard that?
6: <laughs> it's not a zero.
1: No, uh, I didn't it's think much so. higher than that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we've
6: well, we've had thirteen, more than thirteen percent inflation since the president took office. Right, uh, that's a fact. It's more than eight percent over the last year. But of course, it started well before you know a year ago, um, and even just in the last month. Uh, Excluding energy and food prices, uh, it was still up by uh, six-tenths of a percentage point in just the month of September. So it's still rising. It's still rising fast. Um, It's persistent because the fundamentals are off. And until we fix the fundamentals, it's not going to go away.
1: Right. What about when we talk about recession? Because there are some co- uh, economists now that are saying, oh, yeah, recession, 100% going to happen here. The president seems to be in denial that if we do have one, it's just a tiny little one and no big deal.
6: Well, I don't think it's a, a small deal anytime there's a recession. I yeah. mean, sometimes they do happen, but, um, you know, a lot of people hurt during that time, and uh, we shouldn't make light of that. Uh, but we should also understand where this particular one came from. There was a spending binge. Uh, I mean, some of it was bipartisan, for sure, under the last president. Um, but it really picked up under this president. The uh, the Nonpartisan Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget uh, has tallied up all of the debt that the Biden administration, with some help from Congress, has added to the debt over the next 10 years. And it's $4.8 trillion. And That's a lot of what's driving the inflation. And then the Federal Reserve coming in and raising rates to try to tamp down that inflation. They're raising rates way more than they would have had to if the spending binge hadn't kicked off the inflation. So it's all directly connected to the spending binge.
1: But now hang on. So you're saying spending binge. But just yesterday I watched the president bragging that he has historically cut the deficit by an all-time high like never seen before.
6: No, that's ridiculous. The yeah. president, with some help from Congress, has added massively to the deficit of debt. What's happened is that the COVID pandemic emergency spending has come down, and that's a good thing. Um, emergencies, you know, you respond to them, and then the emergency kind of wanes, and then you don't spend on that that money anymore. But you shouldn't try to take credit for something that you really had very little to do with. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, okay. So I'm in a, probably in agreement with you. Let's see if we agree on this. I think the best way for this president and this Congress to fix things, is just get out of the way. Not try to manage the economy, because obviously that doesn't – it never works even when you have people who are actually economically savvy. Uh, It's even worse when you have people who have no idea how an economy works. But really, an economy should not be managed top-down. Government should be out of it. And all the only thing government, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, government should step in when somebody's being a bad player, for example, dishonest, to deal with dishonesty. Other than that, isn't the best way to unleash the economy just by getting government out of the way?
6: Yeah, a lot of times. I mean, um, there, are, there is some good that comes from regulations, uh, but sometimes the regulations impose way more costs than they do benefits. And so you really need to kind of right-size that so that it meets the problem in the, the, the most effective, efficient way. Uh, On the spending side, I mean, there are important things we need the federal government to do—protect our rights, protect our freedoms, our our property, our lives. Uh, A lot of that is like through the military or the police, the courts, those all play a role in that. Uh, And there are other things, too, but uh, we've gotten so far beyond what the federal government in particular should be doing, you know, it's reaching into all the things that are really state or local responsibilities, and as a result, it's become very bad at doing the things that it's supposed to do, that only the federal government can do. So it really needs to sort of transfer some responsibility for these areas to the state and local government. Let them figure it out so the federal government can get competent at the things that it needs to
1: do. I remember back when Joe Biden was running for vice president and he was on the debate stage with Sarah Palin and she said, drill, baby, drill. And Biden's answer was, well, that's re- ridiculous. If you find oil somewhere, it takes about 10 years to get to it. Well, it was proven in North Dakota when oil was found on private land that if the federal government especially is not involved, if you find oil somewhere, you can start sucking that out of the ground in about a month just because you got Mm -hmm. rid of the federal regulations involved. And yet, I don't even just blame Biden for this or the Democrats. We have a a fourth branch of government now writing laws every single day, and that's the bureaucracy, and they just keep adding to it, slowing us down.
6: Yep, that's right. Uh, but remember how they have that power in the first place. Congress has written these really vague laws yeah. that say to the agencies, here's a problem, here's some general ideas about how to fix it, but you guys figure out the details. Right. Um, and so the agencies kind of have almost carte blanche to do what they want when it comes to the regulations uh, and it does take a lot of time and, and costs a lot of money and makes the uh, energy less available than it should be. And we're seeing the, the bitter fruits of that right now.
1: Yeah. And Wyoming so is... we do, we... Go ahead.
6: Oh, I was just saying that we, we need to fix um the part of Congress that uh, that comes up with uh you know that manages they're supposed to manage all these different laws so that the programs are actually telling the agencies exactly what they should be doing and how to do it. Not right. micromanaging, but giving them clear direction about how they should be doing their jobs.
1: Right. Yeah. The, in fact, they've gotten so out of control. If you remember a while back, the FCC had declared, this is under the Obama administration, had declared the internet a utility, and then they started <laughs> writing law. It took, Congress didn't seem to know how to shut them down. My answer was cut off the money of the FCC. But that's when Trump came around and just You know, swept that away. You're not allowed to do that. The court should have told the FCC the same thing. But we've gotten to the point that, again, the fourth branch of government thinks it has so much power. Remember, the EPA actually said to one couple trying to sue them, you're not allowed to sue us. We're the EPA. And it took the Supreme Court to tell them, well, of course you can be sued. So these agencies, I, again, I, I blame Biden, I blame the Democrats, but I took take a look at these agencies who think that they're the most powerful branch of government as a big part of the problem. Yeah, they're pretty
6: insulated. I mean, the Federal Communications Commission that you just mentioned, um, they get a lot of their fees from imposing fees on the regulated industries. And so they are pretty independent from Congress's uh, spending powers, and the congressional spending process is totally broken. It doesn't make sense at all, and uh, so Congress has very little opportunity to exercise authority over the agencies, even when they want to, um, if they've got a president that isn't willing to sign the bill.
1: Right. Have you ever noticed, like with this uh, Inflation Reduction Act, that something like that, a bill like that, always does exactly the opposite of what the title says it's going to do.
6: That does happen a lot. It's it's really unfortunate.
1: How do people get a hold of your work?
6: Uh, You can find me on Twitter. Uh, Also, uh, I have a a bio page on the Americans for Prosperity website, which is americansforprosperity.org. We have 35 state chapters around the country. Uh, Unfortunately, not one in Wyoming, but uh, hopefully one of these days that'll happen too.
1: Thank you for coming on this morning. I appreciate it, Kurt.
6: Good to be with you. You're doing this. 7.29
1: is the time. Coming up on local news. Update on your weather forecast right after that. Then you and I get back into it again. Let's wake up, Wyoming.
0: More stimulating than that first cup of coffee. This is AM ten thirty K two Radio.
1: Seven thirty six to time. It's wake up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Well, I gotta go pick on our friend. Dave in San Francisco, because I got some San Francisco news for you. Because, you know, he keeps calling and bragging about how great his city is and how horrible Wyoming is. We
7: went to San Francisco.
1: So people with flowers in their hair. A CEO says San Francisco is a city of chaos where retail workers are terrified. The story is sad, it says, but San Francisco appears to have descended into a city of chaos. Many streets and parks are overrun with drugs and criminals and homeless and local leadership and law enforcement able to do anything about it. One of the most beautiful and amazing cities of the world, the story says. Now a place where no one feels safe even visiting, which is true because there was a time that I would have loved to have gone to San Francisco on vacation just to explore San Francisco. Not anymore. So the story says, we opened a retail store a year ago, Hay Street, charming shopping district, blocks away from Full House Home. Our first week there... Our windows were smashed, thousands of dollars of products stolen. We replaced the window, and immediately it happened again, four times, four times. Replaced the window with uh, plywood and waited for a month to get metal uh, security gate installed. That must look attractive. And demand for those gates is in such huge supply, forget it. As of today, the owner of the store says, we're closing the store due to rampant organized theft, lack of safety for our teams at work here. Our store is hit by organized theft rings several times per week. They brazenly enter the store, grab thousands of dollars of products, walk out. We started keeping the door locked and opened it only for customers we knew, but then they'd have a, um, a woman go to the door and knock on the door. So with oh, it's a good. We can go ahead and open up the door for that person. And then we'd open up the door, and, they, and we were rushed. She's saying, our team was terrified. Team meaning you know, employees. They feel unsafe. Security guards didn't help because the theft rings knew that security guards won't and can't stop them. It's impossible for a retail store to operate under these circumstances, especially when the city refuses to take any action despite us paying taxes for this. The city recently announced a reduction in police presence in neighborhoods. Crime, of course, has spiked. So it, the story goes on, and this woman goes on to say, it makes me sad that I'm now avoiding San Francisco, a city I used to love. Last time my, my wife and I went there, says the author, 2020. A drugged-up person ran up to my sister's face and started screaming some of the most obscene things I've ever heard. She was terrified. During a previous trip, my rental car was broken into. Everything else was stolen out of the trunk. When calling police to report the theft, they just let us know it happens hundreds of times per day. Okay? And it was our fault for parking on the street. I grew up in Latin America, says the author, and spent much of my adult life there. I never felt so unsafe as I do here in the city of San Francisco. Oh, also, there's this. You're going to love this. The city of San Francisco is adding a single new public toilet, which surprises me because people are allowed just to relieve themselves on the street, and they do. They do the doo-doo. Right They're on the street. There, you can look up on Google Maps where to avoid human poo all over the streets. It's actually on Google Maps. That new toilet is going to cost $1.7 million. Sorry, says another public toilet in a city with few of them. Excellent idea. But the details of this particular commode, are mind-boggling. Toilet, just one loo, 150 square feet of space, is projected to cost $1.7 million. The assemblymen secure the $1.7 million from the state for uh, toilet hearing uh, loud and clear. The community needs more public toilets because people, again, are just going all over the street. Architects draw plans for the commode. City will share community feedback. And, of course, there's all sorts of bureaucracy to get it built. And it costs about $1.7 million to install a toilet. Why bother? Just let people go on the street like everybody else is doing in San Francisco. So when Dave calls from San Francisco to tell us why we here in Wyoming are doing things all wrong, I'll just remind him about these two stories next time he calls. 742, wake up. Well, the heating season is upon. Matters to wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at
0: 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030 K2 Radio.
1: Now, normally, I jump in here and talk to Don Day from Day Weather right at 745, but I waited to 746 and a half because we continue with nice days, and Don really doesn't have a whole lot to talk about for the next three days. Is that about correct?
5: Over this nice weather, not even mention it, and just talk about the bad weather that's coming this weekend.
1: Uh, Sure, sure. We'll just go ahead and skip it then. So, uh, yeah, because the next three days are like the last three days. So, okay, we get into this weekend. It looks to me like winter is slowly sneaking in.
5: Yeah. Some of you may not think so slowly because the change by Sunday will be pretty abrupt. Uh, especially for the Central and Eastern Plains of the state, because Sunday is the day to where it really is going to go downhill quick. Now, I do have to say, though, as early as Saturday, uh, rain and snow will be into places like Evanston and Pinedale and Jackson and up into Yellowstone Park, up into the Bighorn Basin. Uh, So the early part of Saturday, they're already going to be in the mix. But as we get into Sunday and Monday, The cold will spill over the divide, and areas of rain and snow will become more widespread. And the first snow of the season will fall in many areas of the central, the north, and the west. We're also going to have a lot of wind late Sunday into Monday out on the eastern plains. Uh, It's just looking like um, not nice. Okay, now,
1: Miss Mary is already sitting in her office uh, at her desk uh, covered in blankets complaining that it's cold. And I told her you are so screwed. But <laughs> we're still though, talking about temperatures like what in like the 40s and so somewhere in that range, right?
5: Well, I think they'll end up being colder than that. Okay. I, I think we should anticipate highs only in the 30s to lower 40s for Sunday and Monday. Okay. Uh, this the this is a more of a North Pacific storm than one that let's say has an Arctic connection. So it's not terribly cold, but. We we've been 60s and 70s, yeah. So you're talking about a 30 to 40 degree drop in
1: temperature, right?
5: So so it's it's a bit of a shock to the system. It's
1: gonna feel that way. All right, we'll do it again tomorrow. where You can update us on misery. I know you. Yes, love, sir. I know you love that. Thank you, Don. So Don Day with day weather. Yeah, just enjoy the next couple of days here. It'll be nice the next couple of days. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino is waiting by. So you got just a couple of days here to get some sports activities done. Well,
4: I just want to get through Saturday. Yes. after Just, just through Saturday, at least afternoon.
1: Yeah, you, you might be able to do that, although the wind picks up just a little bit. Okay, so now, do you get trick-or-treaters where you're at? No, I turn the light off okay. But
4: you know why? Because yeah. I go out trick-or-treating.
1: Okay, that makes I'm not giving sense. out
4: candy. I need to go out and get my own. Okay. I'm not going to buy no. in the store when it's freed on the
1: street. So the tall, thin kid, if you, if you, know, if you see a really tall, thin kid, that's, that's him. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so I started, I put a list together. It's on the Wake Up Wyoming site. And it's, you remember when you were a kid, you would get the candy, and then as you walk to the end of the walkway, you're looking at what they dropped in your bucket or bag there, and you're being judgmental.
4: Right. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think judgmental is like some. There's some candy you don't just don't like.
1: Okay. So, for example, the can the hard candy that comes in those little cellophane wrappers, those are given by old people who were alive before there was such a thing as candy.
4: Well, yeah, and and that probably the candy is probably as old as old as they are. Yes usually is. And you know, 50, 60-year-old candy, sure.
1: And that's, that's the kind of stuff that you pop the candy in your mouth, and you've got to work on it for over an hour, yeah. so you end up chewing the thing down just to get it over with. Right. Okay. Then there's the people that hand out pennies and other non-candied items. Mm-hmm. I used to get those. Yeah. Yep. Boxes of raisins, mm-hmm. a banana, and toothbrushes and stuff like that. Those people are just either... They forgot to buy candy, or they're just jerks.
4: Now, on the other M&M. on the other end, Glenn, I, there are people that give away the jumbo.
1: Okay, candy I'm getting bars. to them. Okay. Jumbo. Now, the little bars, the little candies, and M and M's, and Kit Kats, and Reese's, those are are nice, and they're on the right track. But, you know, they're labeled as fun size. Yeah. Well, I need to eat about six of those before I'm having any fun. Right, yeah. So forget that.
4: And fun is always in increments. Right. Then there's know. the
1: people obviously went to the dollar store because none of the candies have major name brands. They're knockoffs of those major name brands. Like
4: Glenn's Chocolate.
1: Yeah. And then, let's see, the bitter sour candy, they just hate kids.
4: Right. And okay. I I, I I remember the bitter sour stuff they had. Like, it was like a, a stick. Yes. That you... Put in there, and and it's stuck to the stick,
1: and then you... Just... Horrible! Yeah. No, those people just hate kids. Yeah. Now, here come the huge candy bars. First off, word goes up and down the street with the kids real fast. That house over there are giving out the full-size candy bars. Oh, you bet. Okay. The problem you have to worry about is those probably are also the serial killers that abduct kids, just so you know. Uh, because know. they sucker you in <laughs> with the really big candy bars, you know. It's not the guy who's handing the crap to you. It's the guy who hands the big candy bars and hopes you'll come back. But still, most of those people are very nice people who understand you're there for the real deal, and they put some money out on it.
4: Yeah, and, and the more people in front of their house, then you know it's okay. College basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys were picked to finish second in the preseason Mountain West Conference poll. Folks received 204 points in the voting, while San Diego stayed first at 216. UW made the NCAA tournament last season, losing to Indiana in the, in the first four, but returned the bulk of this team this season. Cowboy player Graham E.K. named the Mountain West Conference preseason player of the year. How about that, He. Averaged 19 points a game last season. Hunter Maldonado, who averaged 18 points a game, is on the all-Mountain West Conference preseason team along with EK. Should be a very interesting year for UW Hoops. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys will be at home on Saturday night to take on Utah State. Both teams are 2-1 and one in Mountain West play. Both teams are coming off wins their last time out. Both teams beat Air Force this year. Both teams lost to BYU. Folks are 4.5-point favorites in the game. That's a 7.45 start on Saturday night at War Memorial Stadium in Laramie. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KOWB in Laramie. High school football at the 4A level. This is the last week of the regular season. Sheridan is the number one seed going into the playoffs. They'll host Campbell County on Friday. And the Camels will be the number six seed no matter what. Cheyenne East is the number two seed. They're going to host Kelly Walls. KW will be huge underdogs in that game. But can get into the playoffs as the eighth seed with a win. And Cheyenne South beating Laramie. Plus some tie-breaking scenarios. If Laramie beats Cheyenne South, uh, they'll be the eighth seed no matter what. In 4A, uh Rock, Rock Springs is the seventh seed. So Laramie has a chance to be the eighth seed. Central will play Rock Springs this week. The Indians can be either the third seed, the fourth seed, or the fifth seed based on this weekend's result. Same thing with Natrona, who will play Thunder Basin. Both of those teams could be the third, the fourth, or the fifth seed. But Natrona controls their own destiny for the third seed with a win tomorrow night. In the NFL, Cincinnati Bengals linebacker Casper native former UW guy Logan Wilson is listed as day to day for this week's game against Atlanta. Wilson injured a surgically repaired shoulder in last week's game versus New Orleans. He has not been ruled out, but other media reports indicated he could. Miss is two to five weeks. He played in 60 snaps last week uh, in the last week's game before leaving the contest with that shoulder injury in the fourth quarter. In Major League Baseball, San Diego even the National League Championship Series of the game apiece with an A 5 win over Philadelphia with five runs in the fifth inning. Game three will be in Philly tomorrow night. Houston was the winner in game one of the American League Championship Series with a 4-2 victory over the New York Yankees. Houston pitcher Justin Verlander struck out 11 in that game.
1: I have a picture of exactly one year ago today at this time. Casper Mount and was covered in snow with mm-hmm. a nice cloud layer capping the top, and there was snow up and down some of the streets. Not heavy, but it was there anyway. So uh, for all those people who like to complain about the weather, you've had it easy. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Okay, so just be thankful. Yeah. Something is coming. Let's yeah, put it that something way. Is. All right, thank you, Frank. Well, no, we've had really nice, nice weather for a couple of weeks now. At some point, we have to pay the bill for that. So coming up on some. Local business we have to take care of. News time rolls in right after that. National Local Update on the Weather Forecast. Wake Up Wyoming. 6. is Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Sitting across from me right now is Mike Pat. He's at Liberty's Place for You. And we were talking just before we got on the air here. I'd like everybody to know because I thought this was a pretty impressive story. I actually like stories like this. How did Liberty's Place for You get started in Wyoming? Uh, great question, Glenn.
7: A um, few, few guys sitting around drinking coffee two yeah. years ago and uh, wishing this would happen and that and I decided, look, if you're just going to sit and moan, I'm done. Yeah. Well, uh, four or five of us decided uh, we
1: want to advance liberty. So yeah. that's how liberty's place for you started. All right. So what are you doing about it then now besides just sitting around moaning over a cup of coffee?
7: Well, we've uh, conducted in the last two years, we've conducted uh, six town halls. Uh, we've had some influence. In the political arena in the county, uh, we sponsored four or five candidates this last primary. Four out of the five prevailed. Uh, and we, we've got a Facebook page people can follow. So our uh, goal is to advance liberty in Natrona County and beyond. And
1: I think we've been doing that. Okay. See, that's what you get when you decide to actually do something about it <laughs> instead of just complain all the that's time. That's right. Things actually yeah. get done. Okay. So the... Candidate's forum that you have coming out has to do with the Natrona County School Board of Trustees. And I know that school board meetings have to happen around this time, you know, just to find out who's going to be running things for the next. Yes. Uh, our town halls are typically uh, a little
7: more, uh, even at times, rowdy. <laughs> we okay. let we let the audience be engaged and so, this time, uh, the questions, we'll have some prepared, but the audience gets asked questions. And sometimes they're tough questions. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So, you're getting all the candidates? How many candidates are well, running? There's
7: 15. Okay. Uh, we've invited all 15. Uh, so far, there's been two other te- uh, forums, and the, the last forum, 12 out of the 15 came. So, okay. we've invited everyone, and the public is invited.
1: Okay. So. You have some questions of your own for them we do. as well. Right. But it's not just going to be about the big elephant in the room, which is those objectionable books right. that people are complaining, which I'm sure that will be asked by the audience members. But what other concerns or questions would you have for them?
7: Well, we're going to ask them what do they think is the main issue in this uh, election cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll ask them what will they do uh, about retention, and recruitment of teachers and staff—that that's that's a big challenge. And we also want to find out: Are they uh, committed to the term the whole child, or are they going to be more interested in the old the three R's—reading, writing, arithmetic? Right. And so there's the issues about social issues that. Uh, They've pushed so many things, Glenn, we believe, on teachers that – and I'm sure you've heard it – that in a survey in Wyoming, if they could, 63 percent of the teachers would retire right now. Mm. So we want to know, do they have a plan to let the teachers teach?
1: Uh, So uh – out of the 15 how many people sit on the school board in Toronto county there's nine nine, nine. okay nine. Right. Four, so that, four seats available four seats are available right. so that sounds to me like we have some new blood trying to get in there yes we do in okay. fact
7: uh of the members uh two are current board members and one was a former board member so uh we think it'll be a good time for some fresh ideas and
1: some new blood Okay. So people need to be where for the candidates' form if they want to be there physically in person. Yes. Yeah. Where would they have to be at what time? At
7: uh, 1150 North Poplar, hmm. the uh, Hilton Garden Inn, and it will be from 6 p.m. to 830 p.m. That's Tuesday, October 25th. Okay. And the, it's open to the public, and we, we hope there will be a good turnout.
1: Will there be a chance for people to watch it live or view it maybe later on uh, social media? Uh, We haven't arranged
7: that, Glenn. We'd like to uh, do it on Facebook, and I'm not sure uh, if if that will happen.
1: Okay. Uh, So, again, let's make sure people understand. So it's going to be Tuesday, the 21st of October? Tuesday, the 25th. 25th of October. October. Okay. And the hotel is? The Hilton Garden Inn, 1150 North Poplar. and it's from six p.m. to eight thirty p.m. So they can just go ahead and bring their questions, show up, and, sure, and just wait for the forum to happen. Right? Yeah. Uh, time, of course, I would guess for the candidates to speak individually beforehand.
7: Well, and they can talk even they can yeah. talk to them before, and we always encourage people to stick around and talk afterwards. So we've had some good what I'd call afterglow time for people to ask questions.
1: And let's give people again where they can, you said Facebook is where you're on, right? Is that what, if if they, to follow uh, your group?
7: We're on Facebook. Okay. And if they'll just Google Liberty's Place for You, it'll pop up automatically. Right. And that's our website. And we keep it up to date. And on the forums we've had, there's articles, there's links where they can go to find out more information on similar Liberty-minded groups. Okay.
1: Now, on that put that aside for me because I want to talk about something you and I were talking about before we got on the air right so you're 78 years old right okay and you're still just go 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 I'm I'm impressed (laughs) thank you yeah okay so this is where we were talking uh privately before we came on the air about how if you stop at some point you know you retire and don't do anything with yourself it doesn't end well it kind of ends up Ending before it's time, and right. you fall apart that way. So you've been just active all of this time with this group and other things like yes, that. Yes, yeah.
7: with this group. And we've we've had a lot of interaction with similar uh, yeah. groups around the state. But And I work out six days a week physically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it's kind of a habit, but not a bad habit. Right, yeah. But it, it makes a difference. And as you said, uh, you need to have a purpose-driven life. Right. So and uh, it's more than just drinking coffee mm-hmm. and uh, going shopping, right? And uh, so it, it's I, I'm gonna. I think I told you I'd rather rust out. I'd rather burn
1: out than right. rust out. Well, I noticed when you came walking in here, you didn't come shuffling in here with a cane or a walker. <laughs> not, you just
7: not yet. Strolled right in.
1: <laughs> what kind, What's your workout routine?
7: I have a total gym, and okay. then I'm. Uh, I have a uh, push up, uh, annual push up contest okay. on facebook really it's called uh iron mike's uh, birthday challenge and i challenge anyone to do more consecutive push-ups than i can do okay.
1: and, and at 78 years old you can do how many
7: well my record is 221 consecutive really uh this year it was only 173. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: You're slipping a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I down. am. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I know people who are in their 20s who couldn't crank out 10. Well, there are a few
7: of those. Yeah. Now, uh Lord's given me good health, Yeah. Uh, but I think my job is to maintain it right. as much as I can. So I do have some leg problems, mm-hmm. but uh, at 78, who doesn't have a, right. a problem or two?
1: All right. Thank you for coming in this morning. Glenn,
7: a I appreciate the time. You've always been kind to us. It's Wake
1: Up Wyoming.
8: Be ready for Possible
0: with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Join the show at 888 97 Woods.
1: 8:19 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. All right, open phones from here on out. 888 97 Woods, the phone number, eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Talking about what I'm talking about, change the subject, fine by me. Real quick, I had a subject here I was about to pick up, but I want to put that aside for just a moment. So, the gentleman I had here in the studio just a moment ago, Mike Pat, was, he and I were talking about, he's 78 years old, how incredibly healthy he is. Yeah, he looks like an old guy, but he looks like a really in shape old guy. Just came sauntering on in here. Uh, he seemed to have a very firm handshake. His, he's mentally sharp. I really appreciated that about him. And so I had to ask him at 78 years old, you know, I and I know what the answer is going to be, but I wanted to hear him talk about it because it's always been my contention that when you get older, especially, but throughout your life, but when you get older, if you want to fall apart and die fast, sit on the couch and do a whole lot of nothing. And so many of us got out of shape, overweight, and so on because, like me, I have a sedentary job. I really have to watch it because I get here eh, roughly about 2 o'clock in the morning-ish and I my butt is in this chair for about 9 to 10 hours during the course of a day, roughly. And then when I get home, there's other things that I do uh, because I'm writing the next book or I'm doing consulting work. There's all sorts of other things. And... It's a lot of work, and I'm very proud of what I've accomplished, but it's sedentary work. So, you see what my problem is. I see people who retire and they do nothing. Yeah, it's golf and sit on the couch and watch TV, and they might travel a little bit, but and then they quickly fall apart. So, here's a guy who decided to start that Liberty's Place for You organization. He's mentally very active and physically very active. And so he's going to outlast a whole lot of people. Because I watch here, you, you tend to think, 78-year-old guy, you tend to think of someone who's going to come shuffling into the room, maybe with a cane or a walker. Not him. He just came walking right in. And I'm impressed that he has that 200 push-up challenge, which means you don't have to do them all at once. You can do 200 push-ups during the course of a day. He just wants people to work out. And you don't have to be someone hardly dedicated in fact but i have a story up in the wake up wyoming site i talked about this yesterday this idiotic study that i came across some guy did a let's put it in air quote study what's making us fat as americans and he claims air pollution this is a university study now i put a disclaimer you can read the story in the wake up wyoming site but I put a disclaimer in the story. Just because someone says it's science doesn't mean that it is. There are plenty of crap studies out there making stupid claims. So this so-called doctor who did this so-called study is trying to make the case that air pollution has gone up. And at the same time, people have gotten fatter, which is why I was asking the question, does he think there's calories floating around here? Okay, so he said, well, look at the people in the 1950s and 60s, they were thinner. But yeah, the air was more polluted back then, not less. To prove this, I pull up a story. It's actually a report from the EPA, which you can read. I have a link to it on my story on the Wake Up Wyoming site. And it shows that air quality has improved as Americans' population has grown. The air is not worse. It's not more polluted. It's better in America. China, which has a very thin population, has horribly polluted air. So there goes his entire study there. Just toss that out the window, okay? So I'm going to see if I can call. What do you do to keep yourself? As I was talking to this gentleman, and I was, again, so impressed with, here's a guy who is in his... 80s. So, no, 78 years old. When he hits his 80s, he'll be just fine. He's that old. Uh, there we go. Uh, let me see if I can try losing weight here. Aha, that's where I want to go. Okay, 78 years old, and he just does not stop. And I'm really impressed with what he looks like at that age. But it's not just uh, physically... It has to do with mentally. He's also just as lean as me. But if you're looking at yourself and you're thinking, why am I so overweight? Don't blame the air. It's not because there's more pollution in the air. That was one of the dumbest studies I've ever read. Now, in my book, The Uncomplicated Life, I talk about how to lose weight. It's basically this.
9: I've tried just about everything, and I can't seem to lose weight.
5: What if I told you there was something you could do?
9: Really? What? I'll do anything. Eat less, move more. And?
5: That's it. How does it work? (laughs) It's simple, really. You eat less food, and you move around more than you do now. It gets more
9: complicated the more you describe it. Isn't there a pill I could take?
5: Haven't you taken pills for dieting?
9: I sure have.
5: How'd that work out?
9: I'm fatter now than I've ever been. Can't I just get a doctor to staple my stomach shut?
5: You'd rather have invasive surgery than lose weight by eating less and moving around? At least I'd be asleep. How much will it cost? Nothing. It will cost nothing. In fact, you might actually save money.
9: Uh, this is starting to sound like some sort of scam you do to an old person. But will I still have to move more? Yes. In God's name, will I remember all this? So
1: really, that's all you have to do if you want to lose weight. And then mentally, really, all you need to do is find something. Not just something that keeps your mind active, but some kind of a passion or a purpose. Something like that. You do that, and you can actually... You know, you don't need to be like some Hollywood celebrity who's in perfect buff shape, but you can at least trim your body down, get yourself in pretty decent shape, keep your mind sharp, and then you'll be like the gentleman that was just in the studio with me that I was highly impressed with because, here again, he's in great mental shape but great physical shape as well and 78 years old. My Aunt Peg was the same way. She was in her late 80s when she finally died. And my Aunt Peg, a short little spitfire of a woman who was just nonstop go, go, go. Mentally and physically, she just never stopped. The reason that she finally died is she went to bed and forgot to wake up. That's about it. Oh, and I say, um, Oh, okay, Grandpa Rich is sending me a story here about what they're doing with candy and Halloween these days. Stephen Casper, you're just wrong. Stephen Casper wants to hand out caramel-covered onions to kids for Halloween. Hmm. Red and Casper also, we were talking about how Frank Gambino, when it comes to Halloween, just doesn't turn on his porch light even. He just sort of ignores the whole thing. Okay, see, it doesn't surprise me that for Halloween, Frank doesn't even turn on his porch light It honestly doesn't. But there's better things you can do.
5: You know the thing I miss about Halloween as a kid?
9: Bobbing for grapes? No, the pranks and tricks. Yeah, I remember those days well. We used to always go pumpkin smashing. Yeah, so we would go around with like a fresh pumpkin and we would plug up all the jack-o'-lantern holes that they made, like cut a triangle out and put it in the eye. Classic. Well, we also did a bunch of egging. We, well, we did, like, we would cook the eggs and make, like, a French omelet, and then, like, plate it up real nice and put it on their doorstep just because of salmonella and stuff.
1: Bill is in Greeley, Colorado. Hi, Bill. Hi. Yes, sir. Hey, my, my,
0: my son was a meteorologist for the Navy, and uh, he uh, he always said in Colorado, he said they should put signs up in Wyoming that says, Danger! The wind has stopped. Yeah,
1: <laughs> what happens when the wind stops? A lot of people fall over.
0: Yeah, but, well, they won't—they won't know how to do anything because they don't compensate yeah. anymore.
1: <laughs> well, here's the problem: we have gone through a couple of months now of extremely nice weather in Wyoming. I mean, just perfect days and nights. I know. Nights. I
0: know. It's reflecting down here in Greeley. Yeah? Okay.
1: <laughs> well, that means Canada is up to something. I think they're ready for a sucker punch. That's my guess here.
0: Okay?
1: That's right. <laughs> anyway. Right. Thank you, Bill. i got to run the news on yeah. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. Oh, oh, oh. And when we get done with news and all of that, I have a story here about um, making green energy. In order to do that, you have to use, well, not green energy. Also, New England and some other states are going to have some energy shortages this winter. Yeah, and it it's completely their fault, 100%. Let's make sure we don't make the same mistake here in Wyoming. Coming up on 8:30, wake up Wyoming.
0: Here Wyoming Mobile App, Wake Up Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2
1: Radio. 8.36 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. 888-97-Woods, the phone number, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Let me see. Speaking of candy, uh, okay. Um, I'm just reading some of the comments I'm getting from people here who are sending me. You can do this, by the way. It's not just the calls that I get on the air. 888-97-Woods is the phone number, but it's also people who send me messages off the Wake Up Wyoming app. And you can do that by just hitting chat on the on, the, it's on the toolbar of the Up Wyoming app and the app is free to download at your app store so hey Glenn some insider information about charging stations the government infrastructure plan has an order just don't know if it fits this morning but would love to chat and insider information has to do with the fact my parents personally own a gas station ...along the interstate. That's uh, Lee. He's sending in from KC. It'd be interesting to talk about that, Lee. By the way, Lee was my dad's name. Okay, uh, let's see. I called this up here. We're going to go to the climate thing. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. The only song, hit song, that Al Gore thinks he ever had. You're driving a big car.
0: I come on your radio i say the ends close you just say no i say it's global warming but you call me a liar
1: but this plan So, several stories along the climate change line here. first one is from the Manhattan Contrarian. I like the name of that institute. They can't make green energy using only green energy. He writes, not being... See, Francis Menton is his name. Not being a dope, you likely realized a long time ago that I was going to take a lot of energy to manufacture the components it's going to take for future green energy utopia. He writes... Wind, solar panels, electric cars, so forth, there's a lot of steel, other metals, silica involved, that all need to be melted at high temperatures to get, well, into shape, to be formed into those devices. How are they going to make that if they have this, the just the sun and the wind as their energy sources? His point here is, if you're going to have to melt certain materials in order to make the materials for your wind and solar you're not going to reach those temperatures using wind and solar. Up to now, the main strategy, the story says, has been to buy most of the devices from China, where they are made largely by using coal, out of sight, out of mind. Both Europe and U.S. have made an effort to get at least somewhat into the game of making these things. Europe finds itself leading right now, but... Their international suppression of coal, gas, and oil, now they have a cutoff from the Russian gas pipeline, and they can't make this stuff anymore. Without low-priced coal, for example, used to make these green energy devices, what is the current situation in Europe? Well, blackouts and brownouts. And as far as the manufacturing process, they can't. In order to manufacture this stuff, you need factories. And factories run on, in order to be able to smelt metal, for example, run on very high heat. You're not going to get that by spinning a wind turbine. Who might have guessed that making solar panels and big scale batteries might be energy intensive? He writes. There is a, speci- a specific way for battery manufacturing, battery cell manufacturing, critical to electric vehicles and battery storage for the supply chain for wind and solar, more energy intensive than solar manufacturing. And Europe is a major player. EU currently boasts about 550 gigawatt hours capacity, representing about 27 percent of global operational capacity announced they project that they're going to develop, well, a whole lot more than that. However, they're now at risk. There's no way they can do this without making a whole lot more batteries. Even the president of the United States just got done talking about making a whole lot more batteries in the United States. But in order to make this, you're not going to make it by using wind and solar energy. You need a lot more heat than that. And in order to get that heat you're going to have to burn things like coal. So that if they want to make all of this green energy stuff, you and yet at the same time they want to keep coal, gas and oil in the ground, well, might not be possible. All right, next story. New England facing a natural gas shortage. Now this is entirely their fault. A few years ago, I was on the air reading a story about how New England canceled a natural gas pipeline. There were people who wanted companies that wanted to bring natural gas pipelines into New England. More, They have some pipelines. They wanted more. That was killed. No. Now, here comes winter. And we've had it really nice here in Wyoming. But over on the East Coast, they're already experiencing winter. It's already hit. It's hit hard. They have been cold all right, here's the story. Winter on the way in the Northeast. The author says, I was reminded when the local weatherman told me that it might snow this week in middle of October. Why, why, why do I see? Why do I think about filing a lawsuit, he says. The annoyance of potentially having to break out the snow shovels before Halloween in New England. Yeah, and then he's got uh, crops in the ground because he's got a garden in the backyard, stuff like that. Power Grid New England issued a warning to customers this week, he says that the effects that, particularly a cold winter, has been uh, projected. And we have been heating with an electrical power consumption that's within limits. Northeast relies heavily on natural gas for home and business heating needs. But many of the power plants in the region also run on natural gas. As the suppliers are drained to dangerous levels, choices will have to be made about who gets the available gas and to avoid having people freeze to death. New England power producers, the story says, preparing for potential strain on the grid. New England, which relies on natural gas, imports to, uh, well, they want to bring the winter supply up. But here again, we got problems not just from Europe. But the The article talks about what natural gas comes from europe i'd like to remind them hey we have natural gas here in the united states look to wyoming as one example of this we can help you new england we wanted to we had natural gas pipelines ready to go for your natural gas needs but now new england is actually starting to warn its customers yeah some of you might be really cold this winter oh perfect timing for that See, people who are all into—and a lot of New Englanders who vote Democrat are all into the whole idea of wind and solar and green energy. They will be until they see the prices. The bills are going to be astronomically high. So then they start getting cold this winter. Not only can they not afford it, but also it gets cut off because of lack of supply. I'm thinking that kind of nonsense is going to change their mind. Now I do have one story I'm going to touch on briefly next hour. This is from a climatologist saying scientists must chill when it comes to doomsday scenarios and experts. Those few scientists that are actually out there saying that we're in some kind of a climate crisis, which is not the majority of them, and I have a story on that too. 845 Wake up Wyoming. Well, the heating season is upon. A- pop. Listen anywhere
8: and
0: chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030
1: K2 Radio. 8.48 is the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by our friend from for Danger. Brianna just went ahead and posted this on her social media, Frank, and I think you'd probably agree with it, but I'll give it a try here. There is no correct way to be an adult. Literally, everyone is just freestyling and hope it works.
4: Um, agreed.
1: Okay. I did a while back a TikTok video, which a lot of you can do a duet on a TikTok video. In other words, people can see your video. You and then, are doing TikTok? Oh, I've been doing it for years. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, I got loads. I got like forty three thousand followers out there. Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, okay, but
1: uh, no, one of them I did was I held up a clipboard and I said, I want you to sign here you know, that we as adults have no idea what you what we're doing, but no one's gonna tell the kids. Right. Wear yourself to secrecy here. The kids look at us and think that we know what we're doing and we have our act together. But frankly, we're just making this up as we go along.
4: On the flip side, kids think at a certain age that the parents, they don't know a blankety-blank thing
1: about anything. When in fact, we know more than they ever will. Now, now here's where I've always given adults that I know have kids a a 13-year-old speech. So your kid is about to turn 13. They're 12 today. They love you because you're mom and dad. You're the hero. In the middle of the night, you'll hear a clap of thunder and feel a a mild earthquake and they're going to come out of their bedroom first thing in the morning wearing all black saying things like whatever. Take a Snickers bar, toss it into the bedroom. Trust me, they'll chase it. Yeah,
4: yeah. like a dog. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. Nail the door shut. Now, you're going to want a hole in the door so you can feed them for one thing. But put a stool by the hole with a pad and pen nearby. See, you're going to want to sit there and take notes. Now that they're 13 years old, they know everything. Oh, yeah. So that's what the pad and pencils for. So you can take notes and, and learn stuff like that. But I just want everybody listening out there, assuming that no kids are listening because I don't want the word to get out. Uh, your parents have no idea what they're doing. They're just making it up as they go along and hoping you don't notice. Okay? Everybody got that? Okay, secrecy.
4: All right, I got it. College basketball: The and Cowboys picked to finish second in the preseason Mountain West Conference poll. The Pokes received 204 points in the voting with San Diego State first at 216. UW made the NCAA tournament last year losing to Indiana in that first four but returned the bulk of that team this season. Cowboy player Graham E.K. named the Mountain West Conference Player of the Year for the preseason. How about that? He averaged 19 points a game last season. Hunter Maldonado along with E.K. made the all Mountain West Conference preseason team. Maldonado averaged 18 points a game. The game should be a very, very interesting year for UW Hoops. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys at home on Saturday night to take on Utah State and Mountain West Conference play. Both teams are 2-1 and one in the league. Both teams coming off wins their last time out. Both teams have beaten Air Force. Both teams have lost to BYU. Folks are four-and-a-half-point favorites in the game. That's a 745 start on Saturday at War Memorial Stadium in Laramie. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KOWB in Laramie. High school football at the 4A level. This is the last week of the regular season. Sheridan is the number one seed going into the playoffs. And they will host Gamble County, who will be the number six seed no matter what. Cheyenne East is the number two seed and they'll host Kelly Walsh on Friday. KW, big underdogs in that game. They could get in as the eighth seed with a win and a Cheyenne South win over Laramie, plus some tiebreaking scenarios. If Laramie beats Cheyenne, uh, Cheyenne South, then the Plainsmen will be the eighth seed in 4A. Rock Springs will be the seventh seed. Cheyenne Central will play Rock Springs this week. The Indians can be the third, the fourth, or the fifth seed based on the weekend results. The Toronto will host Thunder Basin tomorrow night. Same deal applies to both of those teams. 3rd, 4th or 5th and depending on what happens the Toronto controls their old destiny for the 3rd seed with a win tomorrow night In the NFL, Cincinnati Bengals linebacker and Casper native, former UW guy Logan Wilson is day to day for this week's game against Atlanta. Wilson injured a surgically repaired shoulder last week's game versus New Orleans. He has not been ruled out of this week's game but other media reports indicated he could miss 2-5 to five weeks. He played in 60 snaps last week before leaving that game with a shoulder injury in the 4th quarter. Big league baseball in the playoffs, San Diego even the National League Championship Series in the game of peace with an A5 win over Philadelphia with five runs in the fifth inning. Game three will be in Philly tomorrow night. Houston was the winner in game one of the American League Championship Series with a 4 2 win over the New York Yankees. Houston pitcher Justin Verlander struck out 11 of that game. You know, Glenn, you talk about kids yeah, yeah. that they, 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 they tell parents that they think parents don't know anything. Yeah. It's amazing how they all will circle back around when they're about 22 or 23. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then they're like, wow, you guys, you, uh-huh. you actually knew what was going on. I go, right. no kidding.
1: Yeah, yeah right, yeah. Where, where the hell
4: have you been for the yeah, last took them eight while, or nine took years? took them long
1: enough to go ahead and figure that out. But, you know, Frank, uh, we've, we were all there. Every single one of us. Oh, yes. It's a repeating pattern. <laughs> I know. But here is what gets me, though. The first time that I turned to somebody and said, well, when I was your age, and then I paused... And I heard myself say that, (laughs) and I realized (laughs) I had reached that age where I take a look at, I actually said college kids. Right, because they're kids to me now.
4: Oh, they all are. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I watch, you know, the games. I go like, wow,
1: the, those kids look so young. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. And they're twenty-four. Exactly right, and that's that's really young to you. You're an ancient old guy to them. So yeah, you're... I know, I know. All right, thank you for coming up on some local business. We have to take care of news time, weather forecast, open phones, final hour of the program. Wake up, Wyoming. thing I love about... 9.06 the time. It's Wake Up My Own Meeting. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number, eight 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 ninety It is open phones. I had to, Miss Mary and I were talking about this yesterday. I had to take our normal open the hour disclaimer and update it because, well, there was a problem with using the name Dave because we were picking on Dave from San Francisco. So here's the updated disclaimer. <laughs>
2: And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not report to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco.
1: We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Glad we cleared that up. My sister in Lake Wells, Florida, says, I'm freezing over here. Define freezing, sister dear. Yeah, it's what, like, Miss Mary is right now all wrapped up in blankets and stuff. Not even cold yet. Now, I mention that because last hour of the program, I was talking about the New England states. They're having a natural gas shortage problem, which they did not need to have. Some years ago, pipelines were going to be built into the New England states to make sure they have enough natural gas from America. They've been importing a lot from, well, places like over in Europe and And Russia and so on even though we have plenty here but environmentalists put a stop to that and now because of the war in Ukraine they're worried about blackouts and brownouts because a lot of what they use is natural gas over there in the UK states. I've told you about the book before The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels where the author Alex Epstein talks about He focused on the New England states. We can go all over America for this, but focusing on the New England states. At one point, they were almost completely deforested. It looked like prairie out there. And that's because they cut down trees not just to build homes and their cities, but in order to clear land to grow enough food. And they also cut down trees to keep warm in wintertime. So think about this. we have um forgotten i guess in new England those in New England states have forgotten the lesson that when electricity was being produced by natural gas and by oil and by coal fire power plants, and also we have farming techniques now that use a lot of oil based products herbicides pesticides that allowed the New England states to regrow their forests because they didn't need them anymore. Now they've forgotten that lesson and they're going to have trouble keeping warm this winter if only they had remembered what actually saved the environment, which was the way electricity was being produced, the way we do it now, for example, here in Wyoming. All right, Lee is from KC. He wants to talk about electric charging stations. Morning, Lee morning Glenn how are you good, sir? What you got?
9: Well, I had some information for you I guess uh so we were approached as gas station owners by Wyoming representatives about the new infrastructure bill about putting charging stations every so often across the interstates across wyoming yeah um they had they had told us that they had gotten i'm sure from a large sum of money that was is undisclosed, but we wyoming got twenty four million dollars right yeah. And every 50 miles, they're supposed to put a charging station along our interstates, however many miles of interstates, depending on where you kind of draw the line, you know, mm-hmm. Cheyenne to Evanston, Cheyenne to Sheridan, you know, 350 miles by 300 miles, such and such. But, okay. Um, which isn't a great big deal. You know, there's about, that'd be about 15 stations from there. But what the crazy okay. thing is, is that they told us that each charging station, which would be four chargers, was going to cost anywhere from 500000 to a million dollars a station. Um, really, which I think is outrageous. Um, but the the weirder part is those were the only numbers that they had available to us. We hadn't asked, you know, how much more is it going to cost us to you know put these on our electric bill. They had no idea how many people we even thought we were going to get. That that they knew they thought we were going to get point three customers a day from this. So <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean out of how many people come through Wyoming, not very many are busy season obviously is Yellowstone pe Yeah. Is summertime people going to see Yellowstone. So now if you're going to do just interstate, which is I think was their plan, you're going to miss everything northwest of Casper. Mm-hmm. If you draw those lines, which is everybody's travel path to Yellowstone. Right. Which I'm assuming is where most of the electric cars will be going. Um I don't know. It just sounds like another one of the great big government flukes. It it does. Okay,
1: so you said when you dropped me a note here off the app, you said that your family owns a gas station there in KC? Yes, sir. Okay, so my thought then is, if they put a gas station there, which I've used that gas station by the way, I on occasion swing on by and pop into the little convenience store and fill up. So wonderful! You're always
9: welcome to come in and talk if you'd like
1: to. Oh, I do. I usually do that, but whoever's at the counter is usually kind of busy. But well, let me know where to find you guys. I might just go ahead and look you up. But when I pull it, the gas station's there because it's profitable, right? So with the number of let's call them customers that these charging stations are going to get, would you consider that to be profitable to build something Mm -hmm. at that cost to get those many customers?
9: Well, I guess the cost won't be to us up front. Obviously, we'll pay through it through taxes and things of that nature. Yeah. But we won't have to pay for half a million to a million, probably two million, you know, as, right. the, as the stations get scattered up in their state. No, there's no way, obviously, that we would be able to... And then I guess the other crazy thing was that they told us the shelf life on those was going to be five to seven years, and we personally would be responsible for paying and fixing those things. Oh. and And if, you know as state funded things go if somebody's broke down in Cheyenne of charging station we're not going to be able to get a mechanic up to fix whatever right. the, would go wrong in a charging station up to KC for weeks you know so no 0.3 customers per day is not going to not right. going to
1: make it any sense. You see, my point is that. the whole reason that your gas station, your family gas station is located where it is, is because somebody, well, in your family thought, hey, I know how I can make a bunch of money. I'm going to go up, a, open up a filling station and now it's profitable. and making money at this. The reason why you don't have electric charging stations there without the government showing up and dumping a bunch of money on you is because it's right. not seen as a profitable endeavor. So once again, without heavy subsidies, these things wouldn't exist. And as soon as the subsidies run out, it's not going to exist any longer. Because if you guys are responsible for the upkeep and eventual replacement of these things, and it costs that mm-hmm. much money to upkeep and replace, it's not profitable. So eventually these things fall apart.
9: Absolutely. Especially with the short shelf life. as they. Have. Right. And then we kind of looked into doing it. We thought, man, that's an outrageous amount of money. We looked into kind of a a private way to do it. Right. So we looked at the catalog that all gas station owners get every year, and to buy a two-charging station uh, or a two-prong charging station electric thing was twenty five grand. Now, that's mm. without install and all of this stuff, but it was only $25,000 for a two-prong charging station. Okay. Which we thought was, I mean, how in the world could they be so wrong about so much math, first of all? Right. If we want to do it privately, it would be way more affordable, but we still, according to their math, would only get 0.3 customers a day. Okay, but now, I think
1: the difference is, because I looked into different kinds of charging stations, and there's three different types that I saw, last I read this, there's three different types, depends on how fast you want to charge. So if you do the two-prong one, that little hotel that's right next to your gas station, you're going to have to rent a room, because they're going to be there for a while. Right, correct. 24 hours. Yes. Now, if you got the other ones that can charge up in about 15 minutes, those are the ones that are really expensive to put in. But they can kind of hang out in front of your store for 15 minutes while that's charging up.
9: Yep. And and looking into what would require it, we were at a dealership the other day, and I asked about the new electric F-150. And they said for every 250 miles that you drive, you'll have to charge for 12 hours. So yeah. looking at that, simply with a level two charging station, which take about 10 hours for somebody to go from zero to to fill, I mean, I guess it would pay for us to have one if they have to sit there and eat three meals a day and buy a room.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Now you're making a profit, <laughs> it,
9: right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: okay. So where where do yeah. I find you next time I fill up at your station, or where are you guys located? Know- oh, just...
9: Yep, just ask for the owners. We're usually right outside the office. My mom will always loves to have those conversations, especially oh, okay, with people okay. that kind
1: of spread the word. Because so. uh, usually I see some employee at the cash register, which I assume wasn't you. No,
9: that depends. That depends. Okay, if it's good looking,
1: that's me. Then, Oh, yeah. Then maybe I have spoken to you. I just didn't know I was. Okay. Yeah, that's probably true. Next time through. Thank you. I can remember your name because that was my dad's name. So that's oh, easy. Oh, yes. Very yeah. good. Thank All right. You. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Hey, Judy from Casper, hang on. You're up next. 916. Wake up, Wyoming.
0: Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-Woods.
1: 22 is the time. It's Wake Up, my omen. Off we go to talk to Judy, who's been patiently waiting by. Morning, Judy. Good morning. I was
8: just going to fill you in on our, our BOCC meeting Tuesday night. Okay. Um, it went rather well. Uh, we found all the holes in the, their new land use plan, and I found out that this Logan Simpson that did the land use plan along with one of our of County Commissioners as a liaison, Jim Milne, And uh, it's pretty much, this this Logan Simpson is an environmental planning and zoning outfit, okay? So that gives you a big old clue of what they were up to. Right. And we had a lot of stuff in there that was just, no, we weren't gonna do it. We're not Colorado. Uh, One man called it the california of Wyoming. And uh, we did get uh, grandfathering taken care of. We got land use plans straightened out a little bit. Uh, Actually, the troops rallied pretty well and we all spoke very well. Uh, Bob Ide, who's gonna be one of our senators, uh, was there, his wife, and uh, Terry Winger and uh, Dallas Laird, who's gonna be on the Board of County Commissioners come January. I asked them if they wanted to table it, they said no. Um, but we all found big holes in it that uh, a lot of people do a lot of business on their own property as far as their businesses plus their house. So we got that straightened out that uh, they, that people can have an accessory use on their properties, which is good. Um, also, we I think we straightened out the part about if your mother-in-law, it's called a mother-in-law house. Right. You know, if you want to put a second dwelling on there, it's a... Uh, you can have i guess kind of have that but you have to get a little bit of work done through the county the whole point was is this was overly restrictive it was telling people they had to keep their grass at two inches tall all kinds of stupid stuff so i got up there and i spoke for about 10 minutes and i you can watch it online at the board of county commissioners uh casper wyoming.gov or something anyway it's not hard to find but uh, I got up there, and I ripped them up down one side the other. I said, you know, you could have you saved yourself $235,000 and had me write the damn thing because I know more about our land use up here in Wyoming than these clowns out of Colorado. Right.
1: <laughs> I still <laughs> I get it. Okay, hang interest. on. L- let me go back to that bill. It cost them how much to come up with this plan?
8: $235,000 to write the exact same thing that they had to kick their butts over in twenty twelve. Okay.
1: Now, why couldn't they, if they wanted a plan like this, and they're from Colorado, couldn't they have just taken the Colorado plan? I mean, was there something special about I here in think Wyoming? I
8: think it kind of was. I think it was a, a cookie cutter plan that they've been yeah. using all over the country because they're an environmental planning and zoning thing. Right.
1: See, the and reason I I bring this up, Judy, because I noticed I have a big problem with county commissions and city councils and even state and federal government that are constantly doing and let's put it in air quotes, studies. And all of yeah. these studies oftentimes are the same thing over and over again. But they get paid a lot of money to show up with a new study. And if you look at it, really, the work was done the first time they released a study in yeah. some other state. Then they show up to Wyoming with the exact same paper and just sell yep. it again. Yeah, that's exactly
8: what they did. And one of the county commissioners, uh, Jim Milne, he's kind of the elite liaison to these guys. Yeah, I walked over to him and I said, "You know, you're just rewriting the same thing we had back in 2010 that I had to sue this county over to get because of violations of my constitutional rights and rights to use of my property. And if you do this again, I'm going to sue the county, but this time I'm going to ask for 500 thousand in punitive damages." And he just looked at me and laughed. So I'm telling Natrona County, I don't think Jill Milne is one of the guys we need on the Board yep. of County Commissioners. He didn't seem like he really gave a spot, what I had to say, but uh, the audience sure liked it, and so did th- uh, three other of the commissioners. Okay. Peter Nucleason liked it, Dave North liked it, uh, even Bertolio, who's leaving, I kind of wish he would have been able to hang around, but uh, even Dallas Laird, you know, the next morning I saw him at breakfast. When i was having breakfast with my lawyer and he said good job judy you know these guys were telling you about your vegetation the color of your accessory use barn had to be uh flooring that had to be in a pole barn uh casper mountain restrictions going on one guy was like i can't even build you know an accessory use for my garage and then have a mother-in-law you know little house so that when she comes and visits or whoever and they're going well, no, because it's got to be twenty percent or thirty percent something yeah. open area. And I was like, "Why?
1: Why?" I, wait, let, the, let's go back hand, up. What was this about the color of the barn?
8: Yeah, they they were telling you just like you were living in an HOA.
1: Yeah,
8: the the materials you had to use for your barn, it had to look like it belonged to the house. I mean, just ridiculous things that we basically kick their butts over it. Yeah. And I told them, I said, you guys go down this road and you're going to be embarrassed again So because we're not up with it. We're not Colorado.
1: I'm going to go out on a limb here and say there's a reason that you did not move into a neighborhood with a homeowners association.
8: Exactly. Exactly. But I think we got a lot of it straightened out uh, because even a couple of the commissioners had to admit that they run uh, private businesses off of their property.
1: Yeah. All right. Not Good job, Either Judy.
8: Way, yeah. yeah.
1: Yep. All right. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Well, see, that's what happens when people actually show up. And, and prepared, they show up and do battle. I've been saying for years, victory goes to those who show up. Coming up on 930. An update on your weather forecast right after local news. Another segment of open phones. A 97 woods Wake up, Wyoming.
0: Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS.
1: 9.30 is six the time. to Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I just got a question off of uh, social media here. So, uh, in fact, let me make sure I get the question right, because it has to do with our friend from KC that just called a moment ago about uh, charging stations and his family owns the gas station there in KC. So I'm definitely gonna follow up on on that story, Lee. I really think that was an important call and I wanna follow up on it. But HL writes to me, why is government paying for charging stations but gas station owners have to foot the bill for the whole building of the gas station? That's part of my problem. That's why I said gas stations just started popping up around the country organically. When the automobile became a thing, gas stations just start popping up all over the place because people realize, hey, we can make money at this. And so that's why that gas station in KC is there, because they realize we can make money at this. But charging stations are not popping up all over the place. Some people are giving them a shot, but for the most part, they are not popping up all over the place because it's not profitable. That's a big part of it. That's why I keep saying when it comes to uh, electric vehicles, but also electric charging stations, but wind power, solar, and other such energy, which is not green or sustainable in any way. If it weren't for the subsidies, this stuff wouldn't exist. So why then? Oh, and by the way, I was talking to a gentleman who was interested in putting up some charging stations in his town. And he just flat out said that, oh yeah, subsidies and it's just very easy to do. There's no, It's not to say there's no bureaucracy but very little to put up a charging station. But you go to try to put up a gas station. Now I understand we do have to worry about if we're going to put up a gas station. We do have to worry about uh, gasoline, leakage and environmental issues. I get that. Yeah, sure. Let's take care of those things. But the hoops that someone has to jump through to put up a gas station and the expense of it all compared to what someone has to do to put up a charging station where they clear the bureaucracy for the most part and then just hand you money. Here, here, take some money, go build it. Gas stations don't don't get that kind of treatment. So this is where I have a problem with this because I'm a free market kind of guy. Oh, on that note, well, uh, save that story. This is another uh, oil and gas story. I'll save that for just a bit. Let's just do something different for a bit. So we're coming up on Halloween, right? That means zombies? Sure. So
3: my friend asked me yesterday, Val, hypothetically, zombie apocalypse breaks out. Where are you going? Cracker Barrel. He said, why? I said, have you been in one of those? I mean, there's food, there's clothing, and the walls are covered in weapons, like straight hand-to-hand combat style farm equipment weapons. I said, why, where are you going? And they said, Bass Pro Shop, excellent choice. But they're far and few between. Had to do a little research. If you live in Harlingen, Texas, there's a Bass Pro Shop next to a Cracker Barrel, next to a Sam's Club. I mean, that's like the zombie apocalypse trifecta right there. Unfortunately, I don't live near Harlingen, Texas, and I don't have a Bass Pro Shop near me. If I was next to one Bass Pro Shop, Hands down, that's where I'm
2: going. It's got food, it's got weapons, and it's got
1: clothing. But I guess I want to stick with Cracker Barrel. Okay, now, since we're in Wyoming, here's a cowboy
10: explaining Halloween. Holiday season is upon us. And I'm not talking about the boring ones where we overeat and argue with family members. I'm talking about the fun one, the one where we let our kids threaten people for dessert. I'm here to tell you the story of Halloween. Like everything that eventually goes off the rails, it all started in Europe. It's a way for people to explain death and or weather. And I'm not talking about the fancy part of Europe with the nifty goatees and man wigs. I'm talking about the muddy parts of Europe with the burlap clothing and rickets. It all started with the festival of Samhain. And if you're wondering how to spell that, you're wrong. It was a time when they didn't understand seasons, so they gave them dumb names like Equinox and Solstice. We know now that those names should be used for gyms and cycling studios. Seasonal affective disorder meant that you had been attacked by wolves last winter, and Samhain was a way for Celtic people to mark the change of their seasons. Their enemies, the Laker people, did not participate. I assume because they're in LA, where there are no seasons. It happened every year at the end of October or as they called it, the beginning of November, when the elders told them what they should be frightened of, sort of like we now do with cable news networks. Legend had it, this was when the dead would come to seek revenge on their enemies. Nowadays, we don't really have enemies. We have people who voted differently, frenemies, and those who don't follow us on Instagram. And they did stupid things like going door to door asking for food, wearing masks to keep demons from recognizing them, and carving out turnips, which is like a pumpkin for people without taste buds. They would put out plates of food to placate unwelcome spirits. My only experience with unwelcome spirits is my inability to handle tequila. In modern day America, we better understand the concepts of weather and death. So now we use scary stories, mostly to stop teens from having sex at summer camp. Science has taught us that turnips are stupid. So now we use classier vegetables, like pumpkins. To reduce our carbon footprint, we use the whole pumpkin like a responsible society. Some of the lonelier among us even befriend pumpkins by giving them a face and naming them Jack. This was unheard of in olden times when pumpkins primarily served as prosthetics for headless people. In the past, we feared things we couldn't understand, like bad haircuts, autonomous bedding, and women in power. And while technology has allowed us to do amazing things, like turn vegetables into candy, social media has made everyone believe they're an expert at everything. And that's opened our eyes to the scariest thing of all, real life. Because isn't a wolf man really just a hairy dude? But how much scarier would he be if he was on Facebook able to opine about women's issues? We've learned that a Raven saying Nevermore at your chamber door is not nearly as scary as a human tweeting on the toilet. And that neither of those things will ever be as repulsive as a person who hands out carrot sticks to trick-or-treaters. And of course, we no longer dress up to ward off demons. As an intellectually advanced society, we dress up to attract them. Kids dress up as things like superheroes and princesses. Adults dress up as things like 70s cops and cops whose uniforms no longer fit. And dogs dress up mostly against their will. But more than anything, Halloween is about embracing the traditions of our ancestors and then figuring out a way to make them sexy. Except for that turnip thing. Who ever heard of a turnip spice latte? That tastes like progress. Happy Halloween, America.
0: Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Be part of the show
1: at 888-97-Woods. This is K2 Radio. It a time. Wake Up Wyoming. Frank Gambino sitting here in the studio with me. So told you about a hunter just recently. Well, and we even have another story about a couple of young men who got into a fist fight with a grizzly bear, mm-hmm. apparently. Okay. So I think the bear won that one, but they still walked away. So they're good. I, I,
4: got, I guess the one guy, part of his defense, he pulled the bear's
1: ear. Fine. It's hard. I mean, like continually. Whatever works. Yeah. Poke them in the eye, anything (laughs) like that. Okay. So I have watched people who go scuba diving with sharks. And when the shark comes at them, they reach their hand out and push down on its nose. And that lifts them up at the same time the shark is going underneath them. Mm -hmm. And that's their defense for never getting eaten alive. It seems to work really well. They're not in a cage. No. They're Mm. just out with the sharks. Okay. Wyoming hunter avoided grizzly country because he didn't want to get caught by a grizzly bear. Ends up coming across a black bear. So, <laughs> now you got to avoid black bear country, too. Yeah. So, you got to wonder, next the cougars come after him.
4: Right up on Casper Mountain. Yeah. They're there.
1: Some uh, middle-aged woman from Colorado out here <laughs> hunting down. To no, that, too. Different kind of cougar. Okay. But anyway, no, this guy, he was okay because... He started, according to the story I have in front of me here, yelling, making noise, fired his gun a couple of times. But what had happened was he had dropped a elk, and the bear came out of the woods looking at that elk and wanted to take it from him. Mm -hmm. So he needed to convince the bear, no, that's mine. So the black bear wasn't specifically after him, but wanted what he had killed. So I often wonder about that in this kind of a country when a hunter takes down a big animal.
4: I, I think that's frequent. Yeah. They got to, you know, yeah. get that thing
1: out of there. Pack it out real fast mm-hmm. because, yeah, the moment the bear, it's kind of like where well, I just mentioned sharks. As soon as the bear can smell that, it knows. Yeah. And it's going to come over and try to take it from you. So mm-hmm. this guy has learned about the, the two types of bears to avoid. But like I was just saying, and then what? I don't know. The hungry
4: bear. Yeah. There you go. All right, in college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys were picked to finish second in the preseason Mountain West Conference poll. The Pokes received 204 points in the voting, with San Diego State first at 216. UW made the NCAA tournament last season, losing to Indiana in that first four round and returned the bulk of that team this season. Cowboy player Graham Ike was named the Mountain West Conference Preseason Player of the Year. He averaged 19 points a game last season. He and Hunter Maldonado made the all-Mountain West Conference preseason team. Maldonado averaged 18 points a game last season. Should be a very interesting year for UW hoops. College football: the Wyoming Cowboys will be at home on Saturday to take on Utah State. Both teams are two and one in Mountain West Conference play. Both teams are coming off wins their last time out. Both teams lost to BYU and both teams beat the Air Force. Cowboys are four and a half point favorites in the game that will start at 7:45 on Saturday night at War Memorial Stadium in Laramie. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KOWB in Laramie. And high school football at the four A level: last week of the regular season, Sheridan is the number one seed going into the playoffs to host Campbell County, who is the number 6 seed. Cheyenne East is the number 2 seed. They're going to host Kelly Walsh. Now, KW will be big underdogs in that game. They still can get in as the 8th seed with a win and a Cheyenne South victory over Laramie, plus some tie-breaking scenarios. If Laramie beats Cheyenne South, then the Plainsmen will be the 8th seed in 4A with Rock Springs the 7th seed. Cheyenne Central will play Rock Springs this week. The Indians can be the 3rd seed, the 4th seed, or the 5th seed based on this weekend's results. The will host Thunder Basin and Casper tomorrow night and the same deal applies to them. 3rd, 4th, or 5th, depending on what happens. The Trona does control their own destiny for the third sea where they win tomorrow night over Thunder Basin. In the NFL, Cincinnati Bengals and Casper Native and former UW guy Logan Wilson. Day-to-day for this week's game against Atlanta. Wilson injured a surgically repaired shoulder in last week's game versus New Orleans. He has not been ruled out for the game, but other media reports indicated he couldn't miss two to five weeks. Played in 60 snaps last week before leaving the game with that shoulder injury in the fourth quarter. And in the Major League Baseball playoff, San Diego even the National League Championship Series at a game apiece with an 8-5 win over Philadelphia. With five runs in the fifth inning, Game 3 will be in Philly tomorrow night. Houston was the winner in Game 1 of the American League championship series with a 4-2 win over the new york yankees houston pitcher justin verlander struck out 11 in that game and that's in sports for today
1: so okay we have on was it saturday night the saturday game, night is the UW. cowboy game okay now that's so, when the weather really starts to turn which will not be blizzard conditions we we have been through worse but who they're playing have they been through oh,
4: worse? well they're they're from logan utah so they oh, they, they know what oh, snow
1: oh, is never mind yeah. Okay. I was hoping we had some kind of an advantage here. <laughs> I think those fans
4: there, there, there's going to have a little bit more additive to their yeah. drinks.
1: Yeah. You think so? Oh, I think, think so. To kind of yeah. keep them warm. Yeah. How's the tailgating work when it's kind of nasty out? Just keep going. Just keep going with the tailgate. Yeah. Just kind of moke the whole thing. drink. And there you go. And in the, the snow, and you're fine. Let it happen. All right. Thank you, Frank. Have a great day. Again tomorrow, which is Friday, coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll out to news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Wake Up, Wyoming. great Greek.